Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we've got my good buddy, Victor Heredia with Home Offers America. If you can believe it, another operator in the Phoenix market, and he's here to talk about how he's on pace for $2.5 million on the low side, but planning for much more in that through the rest of the year. I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you will become one. Now, we know you want to be a highly successful real estate investor, and in order, in order to do that, you need to be able to buy more houses consistently at deeper margins. Promise you may not be contracting enough houses or buying them deep enough, which makes you feel frustrated or anxious. We understand how deflating it is to walk out of the house without a signed contract. We've helped hundreds of people buy thousands of houses at deeper margins, and the way to do it, download our proven seller appointment script, learn our proven sales process, and buy more houses at the right price. So DM me, DM me the word sales on Instagram. And in the meantime, follow me on Instagram, consume all our free content, maybe schedule a call with our team to see if we can help you. So you can stop missing out on houses or contracting them too high and instead never have to worry about revenue again. And this show is brought to you by our sister company, InvestorLift. Get access to over 2 million cash buyers across the country. Go to InvestorLift.com, put in disruptors to get 10% off. And if you get value today, please tag a friend below, share this episode right now. That way we can all, we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Vic. To answer you ready ready all right so first question is what got you into real estate uh i just uh ran across the believe it or not ty lopez mm -hmm. was interviewing uh jalen white okay and, and he's like doing a hundred thousand a month i'm like okay what is this guy doing and that's kind of how i got into it and of course then i met other people in the industry but that's that's how it all started yeah so is this like uh you're just kind of like watching youtube late one yeah, night and you see this YouTube pop video. up yeah, yeah, and so he had Jalen on talking about his business, and uh, and this guy's eighteen years old making a hundred thousand a month, right? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, like, okay, what is this guy doing? And and you asked me like, what made me get into real estate? I was just looking to make money. Like, mm -hmm. I had an Amazon store, and we did good for a while, but then it got shut down. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, we got to do something else. Like, I was never content with with the amount of money I was making. You know, you just want a better life, right? Right. Uh, so I was just looking for something to increase my income to give me a better life. That's, that's what the goal was. Yeah. So you've always kind of got your eye for like another stream of revenue. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I don't think a lot of people know how you and I met, like, you know, we run in similar circles, but yeah. like, uh, when you and I met, uh, I was already wholesaling on the side, but not like really full time. Yeah. Right. And I was actually door knocking, uh, uh, places nearby, nearby my office. Yeah. Next door. Next door, right? To yeah. see people that'd be interested, right? And you were working in the building next door. Correct. In the building I was working at. Yeah. And I was like, hey, like, you know, we're, I'm a realtor, right? Mm -hmm. I got a brokerage right down the yeah. hall. And, you know, like, what do you do? And if you if you know anyone buying or selling, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, actually, not that, but I'm into wholesaling. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You know what wholesaling is? Yeah. Let's talk about that. And you started telling me, like, there's this guy in town, Carlos Reyes, like, National Cash Offers. Have you heard of him? Like, yeah. I'm all over their content. Uh -huh. So... It goes way, way back. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, 2018. 2018. Yeah, I was I was doing it part time as well. Yeah. Yeah. So well, actually, I I was just starting. I think we were, you know, you're already in the business, but I was yeah. just starting. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, uh, doing it as a side hustle. Correct. Back then. For quite a while, for as a side hustle. Yeah. yeah. So I think for the people that are listening, right, that are, they're kind of like, you know, should I quit and go all in, mm -hmm. or should I like do this as a side hustle until I make enough money? Yeah. You want to share your perspective or your experience on that? Well, I wanted to have, like, I was making, I was making decent money. You know, 
for working for somebody else, right? You know, about you know, eighty to hundred a year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, if I have eighty thousand in the bank, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. And uh, I got to that point, and I still didn't quit because I was comfortable. Yeah. Because you know, my job it wasn't, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it's easy, but it wasn't. It was, it was hard, and it was a family business. So you know, as you know, my my cousin was the owner, mm-hmm. so I kind of felt obligated to to stay on board. And then you know, um. It was at the produce business, so my accounts were Whole Foods and, and Walmart. So they were big accounts, you know, and I, I serviced them. So if I left the company, it might affect those relationships possibly. So I didn't want to do that. So there was uh, additional pressure on you that there's a family business that relies on you. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's replaceable, but I know, you know, I was in, important to the, to, the, to the business, right, mm-hmm. to the company. Uh, so I just, I just stayed on board. But when, once it got to the point where I was making, you know, 50000 a month, I know, okay, well, now it's, you know, definitely time to... to a little harder of, to stay. To, to, yeah, it's harder to stay, correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so was there anything else specifically that attracted your real estate, or was it just like, man, like, if there's anything else that can bring in more revenue? Um, well, I was just, for me, it was just because I, you know, because my cousin owned uh, this, this produce company, and then his three brothers also have, actually, he has three other brothers also have companies, and they all were very successful. So, I, you know, when you see your cousins that are multimillionaires like, okay, well, I want to, I want to do that too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, I, if they could do it, I could do it. So that was part of it. But then also when you start seeing, you know, it's Jalen White and then let me Alex signs and then Carlos Reyes and Sal Shakir. I'm like, okay, like if these guys can do it, yeah. I could do it. I'm not saying I was better than them. I, I never thought that, but I'm like, if they could do it, I could, I could figure it out. Right. At least, at least get to a, a small percentage of what they're doing. Yep. And that's, that was it. I was just determined to, to make it happen. And then before we get into like really focusing on real estate, like produce business, produce business, yeah. you know, like you think produce, like, okay, it means like it's vegetables, like it's, yeah. it should be a simple business, but I guess it's more cutthroat than like, what's more cutthroat, like wholesaling or, or produce? Uh, I'd say produce. But also, so can you talk about that a little bit? Well, it's, it's cutthroat because, you know, it's very competitive. Like you're selling, you know, tomatoes, bananas, potatoes. So it's all about price. Like, you know, and there's ultimate commodities, ultimate commodity. It's, it's really about price. You know, relationships is a factor, of course, if, if you have. So we were like organic and fair trade. So that really helped. Right. But if you're if if you're like a conventional grower, it's, it's tough. It's it's all about price mm-hmm. unless you have a really good relationship and relationships is key in, in every in every business. Right. Um, so it's it's definitely cutthroat. But also, too, uh, it's a lot of work. And then also, like at times when we had a warehouse here in Phoenix, you know, if you have Three hundred thousand dollars worth of product in storage that's going to go bad in ten days gives yeah. you a high sense of urgency. Yeah, it's not something you can just like ah, you know, if it take, doesn't sell this week, we'll just sell it next week. It doesn't work that way. You have to you have to sell it one way or another, yeah. right? So so that really helped. To, so I have a high sense of urgency. So that that really helped train me and made yeah. a big difference. I think. So let's talk about your first real estate deal. Uh, so it was a foreclosure, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I just was I just. I, I was just determined to make it happen, right? I'm like, if these guys can do it, I can do it. So mm-hmm. I just started calling foreclosures. Was this 2018 or was this before? 2018, yeah. Okay. And so it's I found I found one and I had an appointment and I called Carlos. Carlos is a really, really cool dude, as you know, right? I said, Carlos, I got I think this is a deal. What do you think? And I told him he's like, Yeah, dude, lock it up. It's a deal. Mm-hmm. So I locked it up. I I got I met with the the sellers and you know they they wanted to to sell because they were going to lose their house anyways. Yep. And so I locked it up and that very night I drove to. Carlos's uh, mm-hmm. and Sal's office, and and Sal was there, and I, I'm like, hey bro, I got a, I got a contract, and I had just met with them a week before. They're yeah. like, you got a contract already? I'm like, yeah. I know a lot of guys struggle to get contracts, but from the time I started, I got my first contract in ten days. Yeah. But the reason is, is because I studied Sean Terry's course, uh, Flip to Freedom, 
Mm-hmm. I studied that for three months straight. Even my wife was like, don't you think like you should just go out and do it? I'm like, listen, I said, I want to know the business because when you understand it completely, like you can move with power because because mm-hmm. you don't have any trepidations. You're not insecure. You know the business. And so I, I did my first deal in 10 days. Yeah. And then when I gave Sal the contract, he's like, you want a job? <laughs> so it was kind of cool. Yeah. You take a job? No, no. I, I wanted to work for, for myself. I think for a little bit, like we worked a little bit together, uh, but but no, I, 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 uh, cause I was, since I came from a corporate background, I saw some things that I think I, I was able, I could do better on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, nah, you know, so I just kind of did it on my own. Got it. Um, so, but from when you like started marketing mm-hmm. about 10 days, yeah, 10 days, but there was a period of time of continued education. Yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, I mean, I, I I'm. I already know you're kind of, you're already in the personal development. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been watching, you know, Ty Lopez and stuff like Correct. that. Correct. How much time did you spend learning before taking the leap? Because I know one of the things that happens is like a balance, right? Take action. Yeah. Get your ducks in a row. Like, how much time did you spend? I, I'd say two and a half to three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I was studying for like one to two hours every every day. Yeah. Just I wanted to learn the business, and so you know what I did? I saw Jalen White. And then, you know, I know he was friends with, with Alex Science, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're part of the All In group, right? And uh, so I want him, like, I'm, I'm asking myself, like, where did, these guys are all young, like, where do they learn it from? Um, and so it was, I, I found out it was Sean Terry. Mm-hmm. So then I took Sean Terry's course. Yep. And then, too, also, I, I, I took their course as well, All In course, and I, I did their, their mentorship, et, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I, I, knowledge is everything, right? I mean, if you don't have knowledge, like, there's guys that send me deals now. I'm a wholesaler, and they're, they're sending me stuff that I'm like, dude, it's it's not a deal. It's not even close to a deal. Like, it, I could tell they didn't educate themselves. Yeah. So I think that's critical. Uh, what hesitations did you, did you initially face when you started wholesaling? Uh, well, I wasn't hesitant. I I just I I was bound to. There was make no disbelief or anything else. No, but you know what's interesting? So I was going kind of slow, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because it was Carlos again that I think I went to his office. And he's, and I don't know, we just, me and Carlos clicked, right? And he tells me, yeah, big, you're, you're probably putting in about 25% effort. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't know what I'm doing. He's like, I could just tell by your results because you're putting 25% effort. <laughs> I'm like, screw you, man. Like, it was kind of funny. And then we're, and another time we were having dinner. He's like, yeah, big, you're just skeptical. I go, what? He's like, you're skeptical. He goes, you don't think it's possible. I knew it was possible. And I was doing deals. I was making money. But I guess to a degree, I was skeptical that I could make, you know, six figures a year plus, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's it's interesting those two comments kind of like, hmm, you know what I mean? So right. So yeah. So I, I think I owe a lot to Carlos. Yeah. So what was then your major, your first like big struggle, big challenge, or anything along those lines? Oh, uh, I think the big struggle is is doing it all yourself, right? Like it gets to the point of, like you know you have to build a team. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way to, you know, I can't cold call myself and close myself and discipline myself. You know, you need a team. You know, everyone that does really well, that does, you know, six figures plus a month, they need a team. So, so th- I think that was the, the challenge and also the, the turning point. So you're trying to do it all yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit of a control freak. Are you? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what did you do to get out of your own way? Uh, just, you just realize it's like, you can't do it without a team. You know, and any major successful businessman has a team. Like, you know, Apple is an employee. 
you know, a company of one employee. All right, I mean, you know you, that. You know what I mean? We know that. We know that in, in, in inherently. Yeah. But if you're a control freak, yeah, it might be a little harder to let go. Correct. It was. So what did you do to make it easier for you to let go? Because again, like I look at, we all have different challenges. We all have different yeah. struggles. So if this is a struggle, you know, for people listening, I'm kind of curious yeah. how you got out of, out of that struggle. Well, one thing I, I learned, and again, it was from my cousin. Uh, his name is Jorge. He, I just realized every morning he would look at the numbers and look at the reports. And then, you know, he would call you once a week. He's like, hey, what's up with this? What's up with that? So it's just looking at the KPIs. So mm -hmm. I just realized that if I just look at my KPIs for everybody every week, it shouldn't be an issue uh, scaling the business. You know? Right. So that's, that's what really what really helped. Like you just realize like you have to do it. There's just no way around it. But did you find yourself like obsessing more on like, hey, how come this lead hasn't been called seven times? Did you obsess like actually listening to the calls? Or is yeah, no, I, I would like, hey, like there's only like two dials or three dials on this call. Like, hey, you've only dialed, you know, 20 hours this week. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, so I would, but every Monday I would look at that. So, but initially uh, more than, you know, twice a week. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I was very much about KPIs because it's, it's all about effort. The, the greater the, the effort, the greater the result, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I knew that. So I, if you're not making an effort, you're not going to get deals. Yeah. So I was very much uh, kind of a hard ass about that. Well, I think kind of has to be, right? Going back to the urgency, like having 300K in produce Correct. inventory, yeah. you have to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. So then did you find that you carry that same urgency with the team that you're running? Uh, well, even more so now because it's, it's my business. You mm -hmm. know, before, you know, when you work for someone else, like you might be able to see like, well, I think if we do this, this, and this, we could take it to the, to the next level. But but there's also like, you know, well, I got a boss, and I, you know, I, I have to kind of do what they say. So, you know, you, you don't have the freedom. Now, if I get an idea, I just run with it. Right. You know, so it's 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 a little bit different. Um, but do you find like, you know, with that sense of urgency kind of pushing people, do you potentially, you know, driving people crazy? Oh do yeah, you... for sure. Yeah, yeah, like my, my top acquisition guy, there's been many arguments that we've had. Uh, but luckily, like luckily of... we're, we're good friends. Like, we've been friends since we're 17 years old. Yeah. So we're like best what friends. What kind of arguments? Uh, I'm, I'm just like, hey, you need to dial more, you need to call more, and this and that. And Because initially, like, I, he had a lot of talent because he's actually a better salesman than I am. Mm -hmm. He's just great at building rapport. People love him. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm a little more driven, I think. Uh, but now, like... He's like doing really well, and he's and he's like I think he appreciates appreciates that I pushed him so hard because mm -hmm. now he's he's making really good money. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you collaborate or you know join forces with anybody along the way? Um, yeah. So initially, I sold I sold my first deal to uh, to Carlos and Sal, and then I then I talked to some other cash buyers, which gave me a real, really bad vibe. And then I what heard, does that mean? Well, well, one guy. So you know. I guess we could take our time, you know? Yeah. I don't like to be long-winded, but I guess we could be. So I said, I sent him a deal, and he's like, oh, where'd you get this at? I'm like, well, what can you pay? He's like, where'd you get it at? I'm like, that doesn't matter. What can you pay? And he asked me three times. I'm like, okay, I'm done with you. Mm -hmm. I had another guy tell me, do the same thing to me. Like, what'd you, what'd you get for it? And they could tell I was new, right? Mm -hmm. But but I've been in business for 20 years. So like, hey, you know, I'm not a dummy either. All right. And he's like, well, you know what? ARV is about 140. I'm like, no, that's not the ARV. <laughs> He's like, well, maybe it's 170. I'm like, no, that's not it either. So bro. they can smell weakness. Yeah. Or they can smell inexperience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, screw that. So then, I so I had I had met Jamil before, mm -hmm. and he was just a nice guy. And then I know he's like the wholesale king in town, right? And I just called Jamil. I'm like, hey, Jamil, 
uh, you know, we met so-and-so, I got this deal, and he was super cool. He's a great guy, as you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, bro, we'll pay you this. I'm like, all right, done deal. And that was mm -hmm. it. And then so the other guy called me. He's like, uh, he's like, hey, what's going on with the deal? I'm like, I already sold it. And I think he offered me like 7000 more than Jamil, mm -hmm. I think. But because Jamil was just straight and honest, and yeah. he, he, he was to the point, I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'd rather make 7000 less and do business with someone like Jamil. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, it, it was more important. So. Yeah. And then from there, we just started doing a lot of business together. Uh, you and Jamil? Yeah, with Keegley. Yeah. yeah. So in your very first deal, you sold the Carlos. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Like, you just assigned it to him and, like, done deal. So it was a JV. We, we, we split it. It was, like, 22000 We split mm -hmm. it. We got eleven each. Okay, so you split 22, 11K each. Yeah. Okay. Um, so fairly simple because they're wholesaling it. Correct. Okay. Were all your deals that easy? Uh, no. Uh, initially, they they were because then I started just using Keegley uh, mm -hmm. to do my dispo. Mm -hmm. So they're they're pretty easy. But then, you know, we started we started having challenges in, during COVID. So I, I worked with Keegley for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And it was good. Like, you know, we made money. They made money. Like, everybody right. was happy, you know. But once COVID hit, you know, things kind of just really changed. Things changed for a lot of people. Yeah, 100%. Uh, can you tell me about an early failure um, in your journey? I think early failures is just like if you, you're not able to lock up enough deals or sell the deals. Um, I think the biggest challenge is just really pushing your team to be successful. You know, um, that's the biggest challenge. It's like, hey, listen, guys, you know, if I want you guys to make money. If you make money... I'll make money. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, I want them to make money first. Cause then, then I'm going to make money. So to right. me, that's, that's what's more important. So like really motivating your team is, I think is the hardest, the hardest part of the job. Uh, have you figured that out? Um, no, cause I'm not making the kind of money I want to make, but, but we're, we're, we're getting better, yeah. you know? So. so we're talking about, you know, year to date or not year to date, I mean, year to last month, you've already closed 1.2 million in fees. Yeah. Yeah. And you currently have another 17 properties in escrow. Correct. So what are some key, you know, instrumental things to help you get from, you know, doing a few deals, co-wholesaling all of them to mm -hmm. getting to, you know, over a million halfway through the year? So um, the key is like increasing your marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Increasing marketing. Uh, also, too, you know, you, you also need to get, you know, more acquisitions, you know, more people making offers, right? So we have uh, our primary uh, acquisition uh, manager is, is Dominic, and he's, he's our primary guy because he's good. Like, he, he can close deals. But also, too, like, I, I realize that if he has too many leads, he's, he's not able to, to just follow up, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we started doing, like, anything that had more than 30 attempts, I would give it to other acquisition managers. And it's funny, he increased his deal flow and so did the other guys yeah. because he was focusing on fresh leads. So I think focusing on fresh leads, increasing your marketing, doing one more than one marketing channel. So we do cold calling, we do texting, you know, we do PPC, we do some mail. So a little bit of everything is really the key. You can't just be set in one way of marketing. Yeah. So the first thing was don't overlead your acquisition managers. Correct. So one concern with sales guys, particularly top sales guys sometimes, it's like, hey, you're taking food out of my mouth, right? Yeah. Out of my family's mouth, right? Like, how dare you yeah. give my lease to someone else? Yeah. Was that a challenge here? No, because we like we sat down, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm looking at the deals in escrow. I'm like, if you notice, like, 
it's everything that has under like 25 attempts. Mm -hmm. Like everything is like, like on the second, third, seventh, fifth, 10th, 11th, 12th. And then there's a few up to 25 attempts. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you should just focus on everything that has under 30 attempts. She's like, yeah, you're probably right. Right. And so we started doing that and it, it did, it did make a difference. Got it. And you said increasing marketing. So uh, how many markets are you in again right now? So now we, we, cause now it's shifted. So, so we went from like co-hosting with Keekly and then, and which then meant Phoenix only was Phoenix only. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, COVID changed that because you know, there was a point where everyone's deals got canceled. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had to then start hustling, you know, finding other, other, other ways to dispo properties. And then we started selling the hedge funds. Mm -hmm. And so with hedge funds, you just, you go in whatever market they're in, in their buy box, and that's mm -hmm. all we would target. So you figure out where are all the uh, hedge funds at? Yeah. Figure out their buy box for each market. Correct. And then market to those houses. Yeah. Got that's it. all we did. And that it worked for, for a long time. It worked for a lot of people for a while. Yeah. yeah. Really well. Yeah. Uh, how's that part going? So now they're still buying, but their offers are... I'm I'm better which I'm, what I'm doing I'm buying it myself mm -hmm. and listening on MLS yeah so or or just kind of hoteling it yeah or I'll even, I'm even doing like a light cosmetic mm -hmm. rehab you know paint carpet you know but their offers no longer make sense for you no so did you turn off the marketing in those markets now or like are you still going hard in those markets no so we shifted so now I'm not buying so much based on that buy box now it's more uh, the what we were doing. Three years ago, mm -hmm. so just regular basics. basics, more distressed properties. I don't care about the age. I'm buying pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. Whoever's more likely to sell, like you ask yourself, like who's more likely to sell at a discount? Like who's that person? And that's what that's what we target. You find the avatar, correct? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so then, are you back to Phoenix only, or no? So now we actually increase. So now we're I'm from San Bernardino, Pino County, Pima County, Pima County, uh, Maricopa. Texas, all the markets in Texas, Florida, like all the way to, to, to Florida, everything in between. So we're hitting probably like 26 states, 26 cities. California, me. Florida, and everything, everything in between. between. Except for we don't do uh, Mississippi and we don't do New Mexico. Why don't, you, why don't you do Mississippi? We haven't had much luck there. Yeah, I mean, the margins are pretty tough. Yeah, we haven't I've much luck. I've heard like the average fee is like 3000 or 4000 really, Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and in New Mexico, it doesn't seem to be much demand. Man, we did yeah. Mexico. New yeah. Mexico. Yeah, it, it was. It was rough, it was right? Rough. Yeah. Fortunately, we broke even. Oh, that's good. <laughs> right, because yeah. we were spending 15k a month in marketing, right? We just jumped right in 15k yeah. a month on TV. Yeah. Fortunately, we broke even, but man, that was brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I've heard. Yeah, we tried it too, and we did one deal there, but it wasn't it wasn't yeah. that big. Okay, so now you're still hitting a lot of markets across the country. Correct. So how do you even manage all of that? I mean, it's is. It's got to be like some sort of logistical nightmare. Well, it is more work, but <clears throat> so we're hitting very targeted data, right? So mm -hmm. absentee, um, depending some out of state on, but more absentee, high equity, right? That's really what it is. Um, but there's only so many records in each city, absentee out of, out of state or absentee high equity. There's there's only so many records per, per city. So the more opportunities we have, the more the more leads and deals we'll get. So... I want to pull that data in multiple markets to increase my, my opportunities, right? right? It's all about increasing opportunities. So we hit that data in multiple markets. And I know like you've started to transition into wholesaling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is it like some markets you wholesale, some markets you wholesale? 
No, it's all on price. So the reason we started wholesaling is we had we had two deals. Uh, one deal I had in California, the buyer, he walked it, and he's like, I'll take it. And so we got it for like 70000 and we signed it for ninety six. I forget exactly. And then the, the day before closing, I think I was in at Chris Rude's event. Uh, he's He tells me, uh, he's like, hey, I need pictures. I'm like, well, you already walked it, and you already... Uh, signed the assignment. He's like, yeah, but I didn't walk the inside. I just walked the exterior. I'm like, but we're closing on Monday. This is a Friday night. Mm. He's like, we're closing on Monday. He's like, yeah, but I need pictures. I'm like, dude, I can't get you pictures by, by the <laughs> week. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Forget that. And so I just said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I, that's fine. I just canceled the deal. Mm -hmm. And then so I closed on it myself. So I had it for 72. We ended up, you know, cleaning it up, painting it, some, some minor stuff, sold it for 160. Yeah. So like, I'm like, okay, wait a second. Like I gotta, I gotta do this again. And so we did it on a couple other properties in Indianapolis and now we're doing it in Chicago now we're doing it in Alabama. And so now Florida, now we're doing it as much as we can. Cause the way I see it, if, if someone's going to right now, guys are buying at 65 cents on the dollar, some 70, if you're lucky, I, I don't know anyone that's selling at 80, 85 cents. That's no, tough. No, no, those days are, those days are tough. Unless, unless there's a, there's a good fund out there. That's different. Those days are, are pretty much done for now. For now. For now. Yeah, they yeah. are going to come back strong. Yeah. I think now, I think next year they're going to come back super strong. Yeah. But for now, they're done. So I'm thinking like, well, if if it's at 65% of ARV that he's going to buy it, I'll just buy it. I'll be my own cash buyer. Mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll, I'll get the hard money and then list it on MLS myself. So that's what I'm doing. Who's funding your deals? Uh, so I got a couple funders that, that I work with. Mm -hmm. So so now actually I, I, I offer hard money too now. So yeah. someone wants hard money, we could we could provide them hard money as well. So then this is like a a big company like Kiavi, or this is like private 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 guys. Private guys. Yeah. Private guys, private deep guys. pockets that will lend you money on the deals. Correct. And then you can also lend their money. Correct. So how did you how did you develop those relationships? Uh just would sell them a lot of deals. And mm -hmm. and then he was like, well, hey, if you if you want me to fund some of your deals, let me know. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. And so I started funding my own deals. And then I got in touch with another guy in South Africa that that also does it. And and now, I mean, there's if if you just show them that you know what you're doing, you know, you'll you'll be able to get funding. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, along the way, you connected with some hedge funds. Yeah. And it was funny, like I bumped into you at the IMN conference, right? Correct. Like we're just hanging out. I'm just, I'm going there with my guys. You're going there with your, I mean, your crew. Yeah. It's not even like a guy or two. Right? Yeah. You went there with your crew. Yeah, collective greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at some point you were working with hedge funds. Talk about um, that experience and how you got there. So we had a deal that we had in, uh, in Austin, Austin, Texas, and uh, it's a good market. Um, but I just wasn't getting... It was on fire. Yeah, Riga market. But uh, on this property, I just wasn't getting that many offers. I'm like, well, that's weird. So I just kept looking, and then I, I started looking at buyers in that area, mm -hmm. and then I found a buyer, and I looked him up, and on PropStream, it says they own 23,000 properties. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. So then I it took me some time. I figured out who they were, because mm -hmm. they don't buy... The LLC name isn't the name of the company. So I was able to find them and I just reached out to them and I called them for three months straight yeah. and they just wouldn't take my call. Of course. And then Everyone's calling them. Yeah. And then finally they're like, listen, reach out to this guy uh, in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it just he just so happened to be in Phoenix. And so I called him, we started chatting, we hit it off and we ended up doing a ton of business together. Yeah. Like a lot of deals. I don't know, 200, 300, I don't know, a ton of deals. 
Right. Yeah. But that's dry right now. Yeah. Well, like I said, they're still buying, but they're just their offers are low. Right. Uh, so we have to buy them even deeper, which makes it even harder, which goes back to might just close on it ourselves. Correct. And list it. Um, and at some point along the way, uh, you became a cartel member in Investor yeah. Lift. Yeah. So talk yeah, about I think that. I was, I think and it was like Nick Perry was a cartel member and then a couple other guys. And I think I was one of the, the, the newer guys to join mm -hmm. uh, or the older guys to join actually. Uh, just, yeah, Robert did a, a pitch to us and mm -hmm. the guy's freaking genius. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And yeah. I'm pretty frugal. I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. But I saw the value and, and yeah, it's paid for itself. Yeah. Like yeah. how much have you made using an investor list? Oh man. I, I, here's the thing I have, we haven't taken advantage of it. Like other companies have mm -hmm. because our business was, was hedge funds. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really need it to right. be honest with you. But for all those deals that we couldn't sell to the hedge funds, it was still worth having because I could still sell deals mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, on the investor lift. So right. even though we didn't need it, like maybe other companies did, I, it's still super valuable. So I don't know, maybe, you know, 300,000 with it. I think know. it was, was it you? Or, like we were talking about, like there was one property in the middle of freaking nowhere. It was like in Texas or New Mexico or something. And like, you couldn't find any buyers on Facebook or anything else. And, yeah. you, and you, you're able to. Oh, dude, I've, I've sold deals in Washington state mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere on InvestorLift in California. Yeah. Like. Yeah, we've sold it a lot. Of, maybe it's more, but maybe three, four hundred thousand a year. I don't know. It's it's been quite a bit. It yeah. definitely pays pays for itself. Yeah. So. And then um, I I saw her in the notes that you take full credit for for launching this podcast. Correct. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I think I just I I planted the seed, the idea, yeah. right? So. Well, I mean, so it was really cool. I got to do a podcast with Dean Graziosi um, yeah. last month, right? Yeah. So the end of July. Yeah, that was cool. Um and. Dean Graziosi, I was only at his event because mm. this is right, right around the same time I met you door knocking. Correct. Yeah. Right. So like I actually prospect people like I believe in prospecting. We don't just talk about it. Yeah. Right. So I met you door knocking. Right. And then um, you're like, hey, look, I'm going to this event. Uh, I got an extra ticket. You'll be my guest. Yeah. It's like, sure. Right. What could it hurt? Uh, ironically enough or not ironically, but. It was the same weekend as my uh, grandmother's funeral, right? So it was like, that wasn't planned, obviously. Oh, that's right. I remember right? that. That's right. But I literally went from the funeral, right, <laughs> to the event. Yeah. Um, and that's when, you know, we were sitting there, and there was two things that happened at, at that event. Uh, first one, we got to listen to Brandon Burchard. Yeah. Right? Talk about everyone wants to hear a story. Exactly. I was like, ah, whatever, right? And he's one of the things he says, like, start a podcast. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Like, maybe we'll start a podcast. Yeah. And I talked to you, like, dude, do the podcast. Yeah. Do the podcast. Start right? podcast, yeah. Because <laughs> remember you told me, I'm like, Man, it'd be great to like associate ourselves with all these guys that we knew were killing it, right? Right. I'm like, dude, start a podcast. Like, yeah. that's if you want to get to know them, that's the best way to do it. I mean, that I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? Well, obviously, you were accurate. Yeah. So everyone that's watching, you know, like send send him I don't know a Starbucks gift card or something. Yeah, Follow something, him on yeah. Instagram at least. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, at least, right? Yeah, <laughs> at least because there would be no podcast. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't ask me to to be your guest. Yeah. Uh, at, well, thank at you. The I appreciate edge. that. Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing I had expressed frustration with you because mm -hmm. we had our own app offer fast, yeah. right. Which got acquired by investor lift, but we had our app and I was like, Vic, like I want to ship it. Mm. A team won't let me. Yeah. They want it to be perfect. They want it to be better. Yeah. And what were you saying? I'm like, dude, just do it. Like, like just do it. Yeah. So you were like sending me like images of mm. like, uh, or, or gifts, like ship it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I would take all those. I just forwarded it to my team. Yeah. That's funny. What would, you know, like I said, right now, like, 
Dropbox, which is a multi-billion dollar company, when they launched, they didn't have a product. They, yeah. they created a sales video for their product and they didn't have a product. And then they got enough demand for it. Like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And then, they, it. then they created it. Yeah. So it didn't exist. So I had no idea yeah. about that. That's, that's, that's And actually, I've learned that from, there's a, a friend of mine, Naveen Thurikam. What's up, Naveen? Uh, he, uh, he's a very successful guy. He's done like $3 billion in, in exits. And I went to, he had an event and uh, he was like, yeah, most of these companies, like they don't have a product yet. They create the idea for the product and then do a sales video. And then if they get enough feedback, they'll get funding for it. Mm -hmm. And then once they get funding for it, then they, they hire the engineers to create it. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's nuts. Like you wouldn't think he's like, it happens more than, than you think. It's pretty nuts. So then I wasn't planning on doing this, Yeah. but since we're talking about it, right. I posted in the Facebook group, like, hey, you know, if we started a sales manager training program, like, mm -hmm. who would be interested in this, right? Yeah. When we talk about, like, you know, if we can teach people how to onboard salespeople, or I'm sorry, source salespeople, because, I mean, how easy is it to source good quality salespeople? Yeah. Right? We can teach people how to source quality salespeople, how to onboard them effectively so they'll be right <laughs> from day one. Yeah. Versus, like, yeah, hey, just watch me. Uh, and if I train them, and then uh, we showed you how to effectively manage them, mm -hmm. And then how to retain them? Because what happens to your top acquisition people when they leave? Yeah, they either start their own thing. They compete against you. Yeah. Right? So if we could help someone do that, right? If I could find someone that was doing 100 wholesale deals a month mm. and bring them in to teach that, is that something that you would buy? Oh, totally. 100%. Right? So that's something that if I had enough people say, yes, I'd do it, then yeah. we should launch it. Yeah. Got it. I Totally. 100%. All right. So we're working on that. Yeah. We're in the final stages of negotiation. Yeah. So, all right. So then let's talk about, uh, we talked about, you know, uh, the scaling component, right? So we've talked about at a high level, you're, you're scaling, but let's talk specifically, right? Your organization as it, as it looks today, what does your company look like right now? As far as like, you know, all the seats. So we got 25, uh, people uh, total, uh, 20 are in-house. And then I got five, uh, outside. I had, I had 36, but the company wasn't doing well, so I just I stopped using them. Mm -hmm. So we had as high as 36, but now we got 25. So we got one um, primary acquisition manager, then a Spanish acquisition manager, and then we have uh, two others that, that one generates his own leads, mm -hmm. and then one that hits up like you know dead leads, you know, you know not interested or you know they lost interest, and you know trying to trying to revive them almost like a lead manager. Mm -hmm. And then so, every, everyone else is uh, cold calling. And then I got uh, two girls that text. Got it. 25? Yeah. Salespeople. Well, they're, they're cold callers. And not well, those cold callers. So there's I mean, four, I would, I four acquisitions. Argue, and I would then argue the rest they're still selling. They're selling something. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do. I do train them a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do train them a lot. Yeah. So 25 people, two of them texting, 23 people on the phone one way or another. Correct. Yes. Man, that's a massive army. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It, I mean, there's guys that are bigger, but I think it, I think we do uh, okay. I mean, you're basically a call center. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It might not be a massive call center, but you're basically a call center. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's what we um, are. Now you say in-house. Well, in-house, we don't have an office here, but but like I don't hire outside companies. I do, but most of my staff is like works. I pay them directly. Okay. Uh, so then, of the you said you know twenty in-house five outside so does that mean those five are outsourced those and, five are outsourced yeah okay and, and those the are 20 cold calling 
when you say 20, is that VAs then, or are this like these are 20 Americans? They're uh, well, they're they're Mexicans. Okay, they're all in Mexico except for uh, one. One okay. is in the U.S. All right, and so, everyone else is in Mexico. So it's it's only me, me and and one other person, Dominic, here in in the U.S. Everyone else is Mexico, and then we have five in Egypt. Okay, and then then I guess of those in in Mexico, uh, are these from your relationships? Or? Correct. Yeah. So like because of the roots or yeah, well it's it's funny. Uh, yeah, it's it just by chance. So I was we went down to Rocky Point, and and then actually Jacob Blank and mm-hmm. you know David Blank at the time they. They went down there too because I, I kind of told them the story. Uh, I met uh, with my my wife's cousin, and his English was perfect. I'm like, he's never lived in the U.S. has he, has he? She's like, no. I'm like, his English is perfect. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh yeah, he works at a call center. I'm like, oh. I'm like, hey dude, you want to get a call center? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you want a job? <laughs> and then he's like, sure. And so I gave him a job. He's like, hey man, they just closed the call center. There was 25 agents looking for a job. I'm like, let's hire as many as we can. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it it developed. Uh, and then also I used Upwork and, you know, mm-hmm. Fiverr and looking for people. But but that was how we built most of our team. Happened to find one yeah. call, uh, call center employee. Yeah. And then that one just happened to magically close. Correct. You yeah. had nothing to do with that. Uh, well, no, I mean, I hired him. I'm just saying, like, you know, like the whole, you were saying in, in, in the produce business, there's some, some cartels in there. Yeah. And they're very suggestive in certain ways. And just, oh, correct. Like, you want to shut that down. Like, yeah, well, that's why we didn't, we never opened an office down there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you got 25 people on payroll one way or another yeah. selling. Yeah. What about the rest of your company? So then, and then my wife does dispo and mm-hmm. she helps me with, with, you know, just a lot of dispo. And then we have another girl that's in St. Lucia that helps with that as well. And then I have another assistant in the Philippines. It's been, she's been with me since the beginning. So, um, and she's great. Her name is Joycene. And so she helps me with just a bunch of critical tasks and, you know, helping with data management, et cetera. And then we have another guy in also in Mexico that helps us uh, with Dispo. He's like my wife's assistant. So we have three people doing Dispo. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, my wife's full time and the other two are more more part time. But also the one helps me manage a, a team of callers that we have in, in the Caribbean as well. Got it. Um, and then data, you say you, you feel has been really important to your to your um, to your journey. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, we just I'd like to really analyze uh, where our deals come from. So you just, you look at your deals and like, okay, most deals come from, you know, this, this year build house or this type of seller. And so after a while you, you start seeing patterns, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, so that's the pattern. I'm going to focus on that data. And that's what we do. Uh, we just, we just replicate the, the, what's working for us, you know? Right. So where are you pulling data right now? So we pull from PropStream. PropStream. I know some guys like list source more. I've used both. But I, I PropStream is just as good. You know, yeah. every time I go to go to PropStream, I look up a property. All the data is mm-hmm. correct. It's pretty accurate. So I like it. Yeah. yeah I think I think ListSource you could be a little more technical with how you pull data, but since I'm I'm pulling large amounts of data, it, it works for us. Yeah. So you know, one of the things you know, we we use premium um, uh, uh, lists that you know supposedly you know I mean we know it's it's. Uh, we have a higher conversion rate, yeah. But you know, like when, when we've used PropStream in the past, we found that um, by the time it's on PropStream, it gets like super competitive, mm. right? 
Gotcha. Are you finding that? Is it just because we're in Phoenix that's the case? Or are you finding that like across the country? Well, I mean, I think all these companies are kind of data aggregators, aren't they? I, mm -hmm. I, I think so. I'm not sure if ListSource gets their data before PropStream does. Yeah. They might, but I, I don't know. They well, just... I'm not talking about ListSource. I'm talking about like, you know, Audantic, Investor Machine, that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, well, yeah. So Audantic is, that that's like, that's, you know, our what? Artificial intelligence, I think. Was yeah, what machine they learning. Use. Yeah. It's machine, yeah. So, right. so that's really good data. Like I do know, but it's expensive. But I know that's good data. Actually, yeah. we're we're looking into that right now. Um. So yeah, I think that's that's definitely better than than props. Yeah. But but you're paying a lot more money for it. We are. Yeah. So then I guess my question is like, in our experience in Phoenix, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. We look at Dantic, we look at Invest Machine, and we look at PropStream. Mm -hmm. We could talk to someone on Dantic and, and Invest Machine. Yeah. And we're like one of the few. Right. Call on PropStream. It's like you're the goddamn. Caller. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So, are you finding to have similar challenges in other markets versus when you guys are calling PropStream in Phoenix, or is it like across the country like that? List is not burnt, but no, like exhausted. I think, I think Arizona, Phoenix is more competitive than most. You know, Phoenix, Atlanta, Tampa, Orlando, those mm -hmm. markets. Yeah, it's pretty competitive. Yeah. But we don't find that as much. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty much anyone you call, they're going to be, they might be talking to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that's going to happen. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I, I do think like a list from, from PropStream or list source doesn't compare with Audantic. Yeah. Because you know, the, the systems they use are just, they're really complex and, and they're pretty uh, powerful. Right. But also you're paying, you know, 25,000 a year per county. Sure. So, or, or what is it? Whatever, 30,000 a year. Um, so then with, with PropStream, is there any particular list that you really like, or is it just? Uh, I know when we were using it a lot, it was uh, properties with uh, liens. With liens, yeah. 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 So no, I just I do absentee. Absentee. Absentee high equity. That's okay. that's because if it has a lien, it's going to be thrown in there, right? Mm -hmm. I yeah, I don't like owner occupied, and I have a lot of friends, you know, even guys in in our mastermind collective greatness that that do owner occupied. I just think right now, like with interest rates you know, almost hitting 6%, mm -hmm. you know, a person isn't going to sell their house, you know, if they have a mortgage at 3% to buy another house with a mortgage at 5.5%, that yeah. doesn't make sense. So I'm not going to hit that data. It just to me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You'll get deals from it. I agree. For sure. But I rather not waste my resources mm -hmm. and focus on someone that, that doesn't really care about the problem. Not that they don't care, but they're not as connected to the property as someone that's living in it. A little it. more disconnected. Correct. So then, as far as texting, if you're texting as, a, as an avenue, what are you guys liking right now for texting? So everything we call, we text. Mm -hmm. So abs again, absentee, high equity. But like, are, what tools are you using for texting? Because texting is kind of getting oh. like it's. I feel like it's whack-a-mole, right? Like this month this works. Yeah. Next month that works. Yeah. Like we're constantly shifting yeah. to text. So we used to use Batch, mm -hmm. uh, but then you know it's it's just it's getting more challenging, and uh, so right now we're actually using Roar. Using yeah. Roar. So you want. Back to work. I mean, not back. Maybe not you go back to work, but like we kind of go through like this journey, right? Like, yeah. We use. Roar. Yeah, everyone was Roar, and then everyone went to Batch. Went batch, to batch is great, mm -hmm. but I don't want to say too much. But but Roar is. Uh, but you're back to Roar. <laughs> yeah, back to Roar. Yeah. yeah. There's for reasons for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 a Batch is a great company. You know, Jesse. You know, he's he's a great dude. But right. you know, but for texting, um, and we used to use Batch for all our data management. We used to use Batch, so we upload everything to Batch. Feelings, yeah. <laughs> But we used to use Jesse's Batch. too busy to listen to yeah, the show. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, that. exactly. But but uh, we used to use Batch for data management. Mm -hmm. But for texting, Roar just seems to work for us. Yeah. So uh, I want to 
answer the audience's questions. So guys, ask your questions. I'm going to ask a couple more. Um, so I guess for me, just, you know, being really curious, because we're taking down more deals as well. Yeah. I don't love it. But. Correct. I love the buyers, spreads. I do love the spreads. Buyers are crazy right now. Yeah. Right? Or our traditional buyers that we would sell to are being extremely cautious, which is like, that's their business. That's fine. Yeah. But it's like they're all extremely cautious. Correct. Right? Yeah. But the market's not crashing. Or at least no. we're not seeing signs of it. So how are you, I guess right now, how many properties do you have that you're actively hoteling at the moment? So right now we actually, so we have 17 in escrow. We have four that we already, I closed, closed on one today. No, on the 22nd, mm -hmm. two days ago. I closed on another one like two weeks ago. And then we're closing on another three in the next, you know, 10 days. So we're doing that more and more mm -hmm. because if someone offers me 65% of ARV, I'm like, well, then I'll just, I'll just be my own cash buyer right. because the market is correcting. Now there's going to, there, and a lot of people say this, there's going to be a 20% correction within a year is what they're saying. Really? That's what, that's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. But 20% over years, you know, how much is, how many, what percentage is that per month? It's not that bad. One and a half, maybe. One almost. and a half. Yeah, right? one, yeah, one point six. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not that bad. I, I'm I'm willing to take that risk if mm -hmm. I'm getting it at a this a big a big discount. I'm going to take that risk. That's not bad. You know right. what I mean? So I'll just buy it. And, yeah, if you're buying and, at seventy, it's still worth it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sell it to someone else for seventy one, seventy two percent. You know. So it depends. Uh, one thing I think it was uh, Terry Summers that said if if it needs more than forty thousand in rehab, he'll wholesale it. Mm -hmm. So. I do keep in mind if it needs too much work, then I'll just wholesale it. Yeah. But if it's not too bad, I'm just gonna put it on the market. There's a property we had in Indianapolis. I think we had it for 175. I had it sold for 220. The buyer backed out or they defaulted. We kept their EMD. And I talked to the agent. He's like, Well, you could probably list it for 220. I'm like, ah. like, why don't we list it for like, you know, 230? He's like, I think you're too high. And I'm like, just try it. And so we listed for 230. We ended up selling at 254. So right now, I mean, the best way it is to sell properties is on MLS. Yeah. In my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, that's something that uh, we preach a lot, you know, with uh, with the brewer method, with innovations, yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're gonna jump into the audience's questions. Right before we do that, uh, we're gonna do a quick commercial break. His sales training is unbelievable, right? There is other sales training in theory. Going through this stuff with how he breaks down his business is, this is like invaluable because um, there's no other way to get this type of like, this type of access with someone who's such an open book about every little thing that is completely applicable to my business. Anyone who wants to bring their business to the next level, anyone who wants to close 30, 40, 50% more of the deals, uh, I mean, there's no one who wouldn't benefit from being better at sales. Uh, I mean, anyone in real estate, anyone, I mean, anyone that has a, any entrepreneur that has a business, um, not all the information may be presented to you, but time management, um, knowing how to work with people, having sales skills, because I think we're all in sales and marketing and it could pertain to anybody, honestly. I would have to say it's asking questions. That's the biggest thing. You don't want to give an answer right away. And if you're able to uh, answer their question with another question. And also that al along the process, it's gonna be very uncomfortable talking to the sellers, asking the questions that you need to and digging for pain. 
but that's gonna come with experience, so. Um, if you're struggling, I think this is David that you need to come to to make sure that you take your business to the next level. All right, so on Instagram, Stay Ready Investor wants to know, what is your marketing budget for those 26 markets that you were in? Uh, about 16,000 a month, about. 16,000? It was really low. Yeah. Well, that doesn't, that's just for the callers. It doesn't include data, mm -hmm. systems. I'd say probably 20, 23. But I mean, we're talking about data. 000. Well, I guess... There's a limit to what ten thousand records in in PropStream? Yeah, but I always buy more. Right. Yeah, I always pay extra. Yeah. I, I'm probably twenty five thousand a month. Yeah, twenty five thousand a month. Yeah. Not too bad. I think. I think I'm paying more than that. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> well, but if you're using like Audantic Investor Machine, etc., yeah, that, that's more expensive. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bernardo on YouTube uh, says that he has zero experience in wholesaling. What advice would you give to someone that's a beginner? Well, education is key, right? So um, I think now you have your courses, mm -hmm. uh, which are great. I think you have to, if, if you're not willing to invest, you know, 500, 1,000, 2,000 into educating yourself, I mean, geez, like, good luck, right? Right. I mean, people pay, you know, 15,000 a year for college and they get out of college and they don't make much money or very little, right? Yeah. I mean, why not spend 1,000, 2,000 on a course? I've spent, I don't know, $30,000, $40,000 in courses, I think, in masterminds, mm -hmm. more than that. Actually, probably closer to 50 Gs. I'd say a lot more than that if you were in Carlos's program. Yeah, and then Sean Terry's. Mm -hmm. I'm in his Syndicate 9 as well. Yeah. And then I did a bunch of other guys, you know, programs and masterminds. So, yeah, yeah I'd say 50, 50K plus. Oh, yeah, you were at our very first event, too. I went to your event. Yeah. I mean, Chris Roots. Carlos and Sal's. Yeah. I, I mean, you probably spent a lot more than 40K. Raphael, I think you're just, yeah, Raphael I think, I don't think you're counting all of it. Probably not. No, I try. I I try not to. It's going to depress me. Yeah, but <laughs> but, it, but it, it pays for itself. Oh, it pays for itself uh, by a large margin. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you bring up college because you know, I look at like the guru industry gets slammed, and for the bad actors, I think it totally mm -hmm. guru industry industry yeah. should be slammed. I think gurus should not be slammed, but the guru industry that you know has the bad actors that we're not calling out yeah. should definitely be slammed. Yeah, but I think college is way worse. Um, you know, you look at. These people that are walking out of college with six-figure debt, mm. and their degrees are useless. Like you shouldn't be allowed to yeah. sell something that you know is a bad product. And they talk about like a liberal arts degree. I apologize for anyone that might have yeah. been here, but like a liberal arts degree that you can't do anything with, we can't get a job. Yeah. With that degree, it's far worse than paying some scammy guru. In my I, I think education is key, but it needs to be specialized knowledge. Yeah. If it's not specialized, I think you're wasting your time. Right. Also, too, I think, you know, some Ivy League schools are great for the, the network, mm -hmm. the context. Like, that's huge, right? Um, but, yeah, it has to be specialized. If not, it's not worth it. Yeah. So, but you talk about, you know, uh, the going to, you know, an Ivy League school, right? So, uh, you're paying 50K a year. So, 200 grand, 250 grand yeah. for relationships. Yeah. But you just cold call Amherst for yeah. three months in a row. Yeah. To get that relationship. Exactly. You don't have to go to Harvard to get that relationship. No, exactly. No. Right. You just yeah. hard earned grit. Yeah. Just yeah. Just put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. So just pick up the phone. Pick up the phone and work. 
Uh, so Ingrid saw, just saw an article that we were in a real estate recession. I would love to know what m that means exactly because I, I have no doubt that the market's declining. Yeah. Uh, but I'd love to uh, hear more about that. So uh, B-Ball on Instagram, what platform do you recommend for a new wholesaler used for pulling a list? So you talked about PropStream versus ListSource a moment ago. Yeah. Uh, they're asking Batch or PropStream. Um, I know I haven't used Batch to pull lists, but I know they're they're they they have that now. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great company. I, I think you're good with both. Yep. Um, getting really PC here. You're really politically correct. I'm just, but I'm just being honest. I think. I right, put yeah. a gun to your head. Which one I, are you picking? Uh. I haven't used a batch for data, so a prop stream. <laughs> but no, but I think both. I mean, honestly, I use batch. I've been using yeah. batch for three years now or two years. Yeah. So I mean, you heard my team. I threatened them before we even walked yeah. in here, right? So you know. <laughs> so I'm, I think batch is great. I think it's a great. Uh, honestly, like my business would not function without batch, and it wouldn't function without prop stream. They yeah. put it that way. So yeah, I'm with you on that. So uh, Slinstrom on Instagram, where are you skip tracing from? So dataskip.io. It's a credit bureau data. So it's it's actually my my good friend Mike Martinez's uh, company. Mm -hmm. It's his Instagram is FKM Mike Mar Michael Martinez. Uh, he has a skip tracing company. And, it's a very unique handle on yeah, Instagram because he's very he's very aggressive. He is. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. One of the nicest, genuine, most giving guys. It's a I very know. hardcore Instagram. But he, but he's he's aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> he actually moves like he's the fastest mover I know. Like really. He Mike, have you oh have you done this? Oh yeah, I, I started doing that two weeks ago. I'm mm -hmm. like oh. Well, yeah, he just moves super fast. Yeah. But that's why he does so well. I mean, the right. guy does. He's probably the, the most successful guy you know. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Ingrid says, loan applications are now at the levels we were in the year 2000. So that's interesting. Yeah. I got a couple people think you're the GOAT. So that's oh, nice. Wow. That's cool. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I think I think there is a... We're in a recession already. Mm -hmm. I think there is a correction coming for, uh, they for said, housing. They said technically we're not in a recession. Well... Whoever um, said that, it changed the rules because that's not the case. We are in a recession, like two yeah. two continual quarters of. Uh, I mean, back in my day, right? That's what we called it. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. But um, but I I do think it's coming. Now, here's the thing: the stock market's crashing. If it, if it if it gets to the point where it crashes really bad, it might bring everything down. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we're definitely in a recession, and and real estate is definitely coming down. I, I think it's going to be twenty twenty five percent less by next year. I'm but you can still make money. I'm not worried at all about what's going on here. You know what uh, I'm worried about? What? You're reading what's going on in China? I've heard some stuff, but, but what specifically? Well, remember last, was it earlier this year or, or, or end of last year? Like mm -hmm. that, they defaulted on like a billion dollar loan, right? Oh, yeah, Evergrande? Evergrande, yeah. yeah, right. And now like everyone's defaulting? I've been hearing uh, rumors of that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like China could be going through worse than what we went through in 2006 through 8. Yeah. Or 2006. Seven through eleven. So I follow a couple guys because uh, I because I I'm shorting the the stock market. So I follow a couple guys, and a lot of guys are extremely bearish on the stock market and the state of global economies. Mm -hmm. Like people are like talking like really bad. I mean, I'm not really buying into it that much, but anything's possible, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because you had your event. Yeah, right? I got a chance to speak, which was thank you for having me yeah. there. Yeah, it was great too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, everyone loved it. Um. So a couple of people said they they enjoyed yours like more than everyone else because oh, really? because the way you discussed the uh, leadership like how important leadership is mm -hmm. uh, and it was really insightful. I'm like man, that's that's really good. I, I even I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, well, 
you know, you suck enough something for 15 years, yeah. <laughs> you learn a few things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I got to share some things, right? I don't really talk about it publicly, but yeah. I got to share some like yeah. challenges yeah. and failures yeah, I faced with in my own business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I understand like uh, Preston Brown was there, Sean Terry was yeah. there. And I think those are the two that were kind of like, hey, like this market is going to be interesting. Well, so does Cody, Cody Sperber was there too. And okay. he is very bearish on the market too. Yeah. They all are. So, like everyone's bearish on the market. It's pretty fascinating to see where this all goes. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I'm excited because there's going to be opportunities. Like next year, you, there's going to be a ton of deals out there. Mm -hmm. A ton of deals. Like there's more foreclosures now. There's going to be a lot more deals. People are going to realize, oh, shoot, you know, the market's crashed. It might crash more. I need to sell. So there's going to be a lot more opportunities next year. Also, once the market hits the bottom, the funds are going to buy heavy. Like yeah. the hedge funds right now, like they're sitting on the sidelines with billions and billions of dollars. Well, they've told me this directly. And they're kind of like letting the market free fall. Correct. So they can buy it deeper. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're like, oh, no, we're never going to buy real estate again. Yeah. They're like, well, let's just all together yeah. stand on the sidelines, yeah. see what happens, and then yeah. eat, eat at the table. Yeah. I think uh, uh, my friend Byron, he said funds are like, you know, the way they buy is green light, red light. Green mm -hmm. light, red light. There's no yeah. like yellow. There's, you know, they, it's, they, yeah. they buy and they stop buying. Like, There's no proceed with caution. Yeah. Yeah. So, but right now they're, they told me we're just trying to find the bottom. Once we find the bottom, like they're gonna they're gonna invest a lot of money in the market. Yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of opportunities next year. And Blackstone raised like fifty billion dollars. Yeah. Right for this. Yeah. That's for me. Like I don't really think that we're gonna have this bottom that other people are, are anticipating. Now you mentioned. Just, I hope uh, we do. To be honest, because it's, it's gonna be better for us. It is gonna be better for us. Yeah. So you mentioned next year there's gonna be more foreclosures. Do you mean there will be more foreclosures as in bank owned properties, or do you mean there will be more pre foreclosures? opportunities for us to purchase i think both i think both you think so yeah i think so i mean not like in 2008 but yeah i, I think mean, there's so. gonna be so much equity like you yeah know, like we have literally 30 percent appreciation <laughs> oh there, i mean no i mean everyone has equity. that's the great thing so i like i did i did wholesaling in 2008 mm -hmm. everybody was upside down right so we, it was hard to get those well yeah so you had to buy the trustee sale yeah back in 2008 exactly right but right now i think there's a lot of people have equity but if they're already defaulted on their loan mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to refi you know, right. loan modifications aren't as, as big as they were back then. So they're going to have to sell, right? So um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. I, I, I think it's coming. Yeah. It'll be, interesting. it'll be interesting to see. I think there'll be a lot of pre-foreclosures. I don't think there'll be as many foreclosures as we might, as you might think. That's just my, yep, my yeah. speculation, though. I, I don't think, like, not like 2000, 2008, no. Yeah. But, but I think it'll be a good amount. Because here's the thing. A lot of people have stopped working because they're getting, we got all this money from, from the government, right? I know. You know, so I think a lot of... Did they stop working? Well... I think they all started their side hustles. I think that there, uh, I think that there was an uptick yeah. in wholesaling after COVID. Yeah. Uh, I guess speculation, nothing to verify that on. I know the real estate schools got crazy. Yeah, yeah they did. Right? So I think everyone that was like waiting to like start my own business mm -hmm. got the green light because they yeah. got paid to not work yeah so they're like all right you know that econ thing i was looking yeah. at that um uh wholesaling thing i've yeah. been watching right all these uh youtube ads maybe i'll take another jump into that right and i don't know what other crazy other side hustle industries out there why well, mm -hmm. maybe like couch flipping whatever yeah. right? forex forex yeah you know day trading yeah a lot of guys and got into crypto and they got crushed, got crushed this year yeah. right but there's i think there was a lot of people that became experts in one thing or another yeah so I don't think they weren't working. I think they were trying their ventures. Some, yeah, some I, think, I, I think I think a little bit of, of, of everything. Yeah, 
Because yeah. right now, like, like for example, we're, like, we're going to open a, a collection agency here in town. Mm. We can't find uh, staff. No one wants to work in Phoenix. Like, we're offering, like, 15 an hour. Yeah. And, like, no one's, no one's coming on board. 15 hours is minimum wage, dude. Yeah, I know that. But still, <laughs> no one wants to work. Like, you were trying to hire guys that are 19, 20, 21. What are you having them do? It's it's collections agency, so it's uh, it's going to be a call center. Yeah. yeah. yeah but plus commission, though. Plus commission. Yeah. So, and no one wants to. And then I talked to my my wife's brother-in-law he's like yeah we try to hire people and no one's no one wants to do it yeah so yeah. maybe because you know the pay is too low i don't know but yes yeah, that's, that's i mean yeah would you rather work at mcdonald's washing lettuce cooking yeah. fries or get screamed at trying to collect that for 15 bucks I, an hour? if i could sit at a desk i'd rather do that but i mean if you like mcdonald's <laughs> hey that more power to you i'm right? not saying that's the right answer <laughs> i'm just saying that's yeah uh, and that's not quite minimum wage here yet i don't think we're on our way there, but yeah, was, is it twelve seventy five here? I think it's twelve something here. Yeah, now, like that, yeah. But I don't know, I'm out yeah, of touch. So so I don't know. I, I don't know. I I think you're a little more uh optimistic than I am. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's awesome, right? Debt collection. Uh, that's honestly like I've said this before, like that's my favorite resume uh, item, right? If I'm Correct. looking to hire someone, yeah. That's like the best experience you can get. Yeah. Agreed. Uh Eddie on YouTube, what's the step for someone looking to succeed and crush it in the fourth quarter? Does uh, called you out by name in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. uh, like right now you just you want to just call distressed properties and try to get them at a discount it's really just getting on the phone and and i think it was alex signs that said and it was really insightful he says like as soon as i started focusing on helping the seller and not getting the deal did i start getting deals so like when you're on the phone with these these sellers you want to find the the problem and and solve that issue for them you want to be a source of uh of, of assistance right mm -hmm. and once you do that you're going to start getting the deal so yeah. there's no magic sauce or special sauce it's rather just getting on the phone and try to be helpful to these sellers that that need to sell their property all right uh in your in your opinion this is from uh stay ready investor on instagram in your opinion which market that you're in is the most recession proof Most recession proof. Uh, I think Florida is really good. Although it got hit really hard in 2008. Mm -hmm. But uh, actually, no, you know what, Texas. I think Texas is, everyone's going to Texas. And Florida, but more Texas. I'd say Texas probably. And so? I've heard that. I've heard right now a lot of guys that are struggling. The ones that aren't struggling as much is, is the guys in the Texas market. Really? Yeah. I would have thought it would be one of those markets where like um, it's really rent heavy. Like Midwest. Okay, so Cody did a presentation uh, at our event, and mm -hmm. he talked about like the best markets for rents. It was really fascinating. Uh, I, I have to, I have to get it from him. It was really good, actually. So he talks about that. So there are specific markets that are really good for rents. Yeah. But I think in general, uh, I'm hearing Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio are, are really good markets. Austin's yeah. coming down a little bit. But those markets are, are really to. strong. Yeah, right. That thing was on fire. Yeah. But the other markets are, are in Texas are doing really well from what yeah. I understand. We we do a little bit of Texas, not a ton. Yeah. And in Ingrid, uh, by the way, she's in our office here. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's licensed with Real over here with us. Uh, so uh, always an active participant. Appreciate her. Uh, are you scorecarding the hedge funds to know when to know when there is a green light again? So what we do, we just submit submit our, our deals and then based on their bid, yeah, you know, or I quit that that's not going to work. And so we we keep track of that. So you're still sending them deals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, uh, 
on some markets, maybe the cap rate is really good, the rent's high, or, or they just really like that zip code, mm -hmm. or, or the school ratings are really high, and they'll give you a good offer. You just yeah. never know. You, we never want to stop doing business with hedge funds, even if their offers are low. We still submit deals to them, mm -hmm. you know, so. Because we still see them as our clients. So then I guess a question for you, since you're mentioning that, is how, does, how do people send deals to you so you can send it to the hedge funds? Uh, so I, I got a website. It's uh, vicheredia.com. Mm -hmm. So it, the menu bar, you click on it, and there's a resources tab, and it has uh, our resources, like how to submit deals, mm -hmm. how to uh, how to get a hold of me, et cetera. And there's also a submit submit a deal tab, too. Yeah. So and that's on my website, vicheredia.com. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I was really proud when I heard you, like, oh, yeah, Vic's the guy. Like, if you have a deal with him, like, if you want a deal and you want a hedge fund offer, like, send it to Vic. Yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah, I was I submitting mean, a lot. I, was, I think at one point I was submitting, like, 25, 30 deals a month. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was doing really well for a while, but then their offers started just, yeah. you know, but you and they're a good on, company. But, but we've both come a long way since, you know, yeah. we were just down the hall from it's one kinda, another. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like how, like when we first met, like we were just done starting, you didn't even have the podcast, right? Right. And yeah. then it's crazy too. Like I started doing business with Jamil and mm -hmm. he, like he's blown up and then Pace is like killing it. It's, yeah. and then Carlos is doing really well. Like it's kind of nuts to see Pace how everyone. Yeah, but but when we met him, yeah. he was like, he was just like just another guy, another guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he was he's super smart though. Like he's yeah. one of the smartest guys I know. But still, it's just crazy how everyone is blown up. It's 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 beautiful to see, right? It is absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, Angra's suggestion is uh, to uh, start a collection company. I want to say Medellin in Colombia. They got Spanish and English speakers. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so USA Home Buyers, uh, which hedge funds are you working with? So we submit to all of them. So Amherst, Progress, um, there's Roof, uh, Roofstock. There's there's quite a few different funds out there that are all you know buying, but right now their offers just aren't very strong. Yeah. So let's see. That it looks like that's all the questions we got right now from the audience. Ingrid, they make the comment. It wasn't because government was paying you now. Uh, it's because we were able to work remote. Which gave more flexibility. That's a good point as well. Uh, so, what is what is your why? Uh, what is my why? Well, mm. just to have a great life. I mean, I don't know. To me, I you just, had a good life when you were working in produce. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. But but you want to leave your mark, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, like you know, not to get morbid, but like you know, unless. Uh, God comes comes uh, and saves us. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, we're all gonna die, right? Yeah. So you got to just create memories and live life to the fullest. And fortunately or unfortunately, you need money to do that, right? Like we mm -hmm. just went to Italy for two weeks with the family, uh, and it was it was a blast. It was an amazing time. Yeah. If it wasn't for the business, we wouldn't be able to afford it, right? So like, if you want to make great memories, you want to travel the world, you know, have great food. You know, I've we we went to Cancun a few months back, and we took my wife's, you know, her, her entire family, mm -hmm. like her brothers, etc. And and you know, we and I paid for it. Yeah. So like, if it wasn't for the business, I wouldn't be able to afford that. So, um, so my why is just you know having a great life, but also too like you need income to do it. All right. So, um, I mean, my why is just like live life to the fullest. That's that's really what it's about. Yeah, that's a great point. Making memories and you and, know. and and leaving a legacy for your for your kids too. What kind of legacy do you want to leave for your kids? Uh, just, a, I think a good example of, uh, of what I've done, what I did in my life, you know, I'm, I still got a lot more to achieve, right? 
But it's interesting when we, you know, I loved Italy, but we went to Venice. I saw the buildings and the structures that they built. It just blows your mind. And it's like, man, I can't believe how these, these guys built these freaking massive, beautiful, mm -hmm. like buildings. Right. And they didn't have the technology we have now. They didn't and have the permit office. <laughs> it's nuts, right? But it makes you realize too, like, like, like we're playing small. Mm -hmm. Like we really are. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're, you know, I, you know, we talked about me being on the podcast before and I never really wanted to because I just know there's like so many guys that are so much bigger than we are. Like we're just, we're, we're tiny, right? Mm -hmm. We really are compared to a lot of guys out there. Yeah. So there's just so much more to do, you know, yeah. but there needs to be a balance too, you know, which I'm aware of. My wife makes it clear to me. <laughs> what kind of balance? You know, between, you know, spiritual, you know, family, business, health, you know, it needs to be a balance between everything. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, two weeks in, in, in uh, Italy. Yeah. Um, I was telling you earlier, I'm trying to go to potentially go to Vietnam for yeah. two weeks, right? Uh, in, in March. And if you guys are listening and you, all you guys to send a DM to Kong, cause he won't go with us in March. My wife's like, it'd be cool. You know, we went with Kong, you know, for two weeks and he shot me down. I sent him a text message. He shot yeah. me down. So if you guys are watching this, hit up Kong Lee and say, <laughs> Hey, like you guys should go with Steve's family. Uh, what's your biggest struggle right now? Well, I think the struggle right now is like when you're you're starting to funds and their offers are low, then then you have to shift, right? So that's the struggle we've had, but we just shifted. Like so, okay, well then then fine. Then we're gonna find cash buyers and well they're not paying much. Okay, fine, then we're gonna wholesale it ourselves or or actually wholesale it ourselves or or take it down and listen on MLS. Yeah. And so we're doing more and more of that. So now I'm actually buying deals from other wholesalers. So wholesalers send me deals. And if it works, great. Now, if if they like, well, I don't want to sell it. You know, let's I'll, we'll partner with them. Mm -hmm. They want to partner on it. Um, so it it creates more opportunities, uh, pretty much. Yeah, you never talking about you know buying uh, houses ourselves. And I kind of made this analogy to someone yesterday on the phone. It's a stupid analogy, but you know that movie. I can't remember the name of the movie, right? With Tom Hanks, but it's like, look at me, I'm the captain now, mm -hmm. right? So it's basically like, look at me, I'm the buyer now. Yeah. Right? Like you're trying to buy this is uh, what? Look at me, I'm the buyer now. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> you're removed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How do you measure success? Uh, so they, I know it's, it's not good to compare, but but I think comparison is it, it lets you know where you're at. Like for example, my you know my cousin that was very successful, he had you know two three thousand employees, and wow. uh, yeah, he was very successful, and it's it's a global company, and he actually passed away on my birthday. I, I think it was about a year ago. Yeah, on my birthday. And uh, and just to see the impact he had on people, like he was a big businessman, right? Very you know, everyone knew him down in Mexico, but the impact he 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 had on people, like you know, even a year later, you know, they 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 gave him a party, they did a video for him, talked about how great he was and the impact he made on people, and and a year later, like of course his your family will cry for you, right? But a year later to see that his friends still cry for him, like yeah. his friends, like. They still cry for him because because of the person he was. Like, man, that's that's, that's impressive. That's powerful, right? Yeah. So it just goes to show, you know, it's it's great to have money, but you know, it's it comes down to the quality of person that you are. Yeah. And what is your superpower? Um. Oh man, I I don't know what my superpower is. To be honest with you, I I think uh, I think just I'm driven. I'm persistent. You know, that's I think that's a big part of it. You know, and and I, I think. Humility is the key. Also, I, mm -hmm. I try to be humble, and that's one thing that I actually learned from from my cousin. We were we were having dinner, and I asked him like, "Well, how did you how did you get to this level?" Because 
like he was like he really big, right? You know, you, you've been to our office. Like he, mm-hmm. I think you know a bit about about the company. And he and he's like, well, and I'm waiting for like like this like strategy, right? That that I can implement. He's like, well, number one, he goes, I was humble. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I was humble. I'm like, I I didn't get it. He's like, well, he was, I just seeked out the people in my industry that were doing well. Some they're doing very well. Some mm-hmm. not not as well, but. I seek them out, you know, I found out what they were doing. I um I learned what they were doing, what worked for them, and I just added that to my arsenal. So I just I learned from everyone. I never thought I was too smart. So yeah. I learned from everybody and I applied it to my business. And then and he became the, the biggest guy in his industry. Right. Um and then he said he was focused and that he never gave up. And so I was like, wow, that's interesting. So that's what I did. I was I was humble enough to and humble, some people say being humble is to have a low opinion of yourself. To me, that's not what humble is. Who the hum- hell says that? Well, that's what some people say. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's what some people say. But that's that's a that's a low self esteem. Yeah, that, but that's incorrect. That's not humble. It's just not thinking you're superior to other people. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's humble. And so, just if you think you don't know it all, you know, then you're going to be able to seek people out to to learn what you need to learn to kind of take your, your life and your business to the next level. So I yeah. think humility is, is a huge factor. So I don't know if you remember, but we were out drinking late one night. Mm. And if I recall correctly, your wife suggested you had a different superpower. Oh, okay. You remembered. It was basically um, whatever I need, Vic knows the guy. Oh, yeah. Right? Vic knows the next person that can help with this problem or knows mm. how to get this taken care of. Yeah. Or, Right, whatever problem you need fixing, I'm not saying a bad situation. I'm just yeah. saying whatever struggles you're dealing with, whatever you need help with. Yeah, Vic knows exactly the guy that can help you with that. Yeah, I, okay, well, yeah, I'm pretty re- resourceful. I, I, you know, I have a lot of friends. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'm resourceful, and and I'm just able to figure stuff out. You know, either either figure it out or find someone that can figure it out. Yeah. you know, so yeah, I, I I think that maybe maybe that's my superpower. Yeah, well, what's not, um, what's pretty common. Is that if it's your superpower, you may not recognize it because it comes easy for you. Yeah, yeah. Possible is that possibly what's going yeah, on? Yeah, actually, here? now that I think about it, like the guys that collect the greatness, they're like, "Man, Victor knows everybody." I'm like, "Yeah," oh, and I never, never really thought about that. Yeah. So, but I think too, a lot of it is just being open to talking to everyone and mm-hmm. and you know not thinking yourself superior to anyone, and then yeah. also too, you know, everyone wants significance, right? So, right. If you give people significance, they'll like you. Yeah. So, and I think maybe, and I don't do it uh, to manipulate people, but you you want to try to make people feel special. You know? Yeah. I think I think the other thing too is you dress like a good mafia figure. Oh, thank you. Right. Well, I'm not wearing black today. You're not wearing black today, <laughs> but you, you, you do a pretty you do you pull a pretty good uh, Godfather vibe. <laughs> uh, what thank is you. the greatest lesson you have learned? Oh, I've learned a lot. Um, in in what aspect of life? I mean, I guess you'd have to be specific. Just in, period, in general, right? Life, business, whatever. Um, I think that, you, uh, number one, I think really is you have to believe in yourself. Um, and 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 you have to just like copy people that have achieved what they've achieved right? and just believe you could do it as long as you copy their, their model, right? So whatever that person has done, if you believe you could do it, just learn what they learned mm-hmm. and implement it and you'll be able to figure it out yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I think... I, I really think there's there's no such thing as as impossible, you know. Um, you know, of course you can't, you know, fly to the moon by by yourself, right? But you know, 
it just you have to really believe in, in your abilities to to achieve. And a, a lot of that comes down to your ability to figure it out. Uh, Art Sanchez says that uh, you guys have another event coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have we're going to do a meetup at the Biltmore in October. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to here in Phoenix and then we're going to have another uh, mastermind in November. Yeah. So we don't have the exact dates, but we're going to post it on our on our website, which is the collectivegreatness.com. Yeah. Next time, let me know if you're paying for dinner. See, I would have just gone to dinner with you guys. Oh, yeah. Right. You're like, hey, we're going to Masters for dinner. You want to join us? Like, I already made plans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, usually it's, it's a nice dinner at Mastro's or uh, or Dominic's and then, you know, with a, a pretty, pretty nice mastermind at a we rented a mansion. Yeah. So everyone enjoyed. Everyone said it was like one of the best masterminds they've they've gone to, which I was awesome. I was pretty happy to hear that. That's very cool. Uh, what is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Most interesting failure. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a failure is just like like me. Like, I guess for me, a failure like if if something isn't working after three months, then then find something else, right? But the key is just to not quit. Like I mean, failure like. I guess I, I can't say failure because like, I don't, you only fail if you quit. So like, I can't really say like it's a failure because mm-hmm. you just don't quit. Like if you, if you want to do something, you just don't quit. Right. And you're not going to fail. There's no such thing as failure. You just don't quit. So do you think that's potentially dangerous advice for some people that really like, I don't know, like maybe this is just never going to work for them? Well, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking, it reminds me of a guy that I met. He's like, yeah, I've been doing this for a year and a half and I haven't been able to close the deal. And I, and I talked to him and I could see why the, the guy just didn't have the personality. Mm-hmm. He just, he was an introvert, like mm-hmm. really bad though. And so like, if you're, you have to be, and it's funny, Jamil said it to me, you know, we were talking and he says, one of the most important traits of a person is awareness. Yeah. So you have to be very aware of your skills, but also your weaknesses. And a lot of times it's good to ask your friends like, Hey, what do you think is my, my strength, my biggest strength and my biggest weakness? Because they'll tell you, Hey, this is your big, biggest weakness this is your biggest strength. And you can work on that or avoid yeah. the weakness. Right. So like this guy, I'm like, man, I, I feel bad for him. I didn't want to say it. He didn't say it. No, I, 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 I didn't get around to it. And I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad. And I, I want to tell him like, Bro, like you, what you want to do, hire someone that can be your salesperson, mm-hmm. you know, because he just didn't have that personality. Maybe he was super smart. Like he hadn't quit in a year and a half. So that tell, told me that he was, he had, he had persistence. Right. Mm-hmm. But also too, if it's not working, like you gotta, yeah, you gotta be aware is that, like, okay, so why is it not working? Like what exactly isn't working? And then, and kind of, you have to adjust and adapt your course. Correct. Yeah. You know, you can't be like stubborn about it, you know? Have you asked that question of your friends? Strengths and weaknesses? Uh, it's been a while, but yeah. But it's been it's been a while. So as a friend, I'm just kind of curious, what's your greatest weakness? Um, I could be a little stubborn, I guess, maybe. Yeah. And I'm a little bit unorganized. No, I'm not a little. I'm, I'm very unorganized. Yeah. yeah. So, But I've gotten better at, at it. Yeah. But I'm not. It's not one of my strengths. Well, stubborn is one of those funny things, right? Because, like, yeah, it's a weakness. But it's also a strength. Yeah, exactly. I call it being persistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it? Um, uh, was it the ultimate sales machine? Right. Uh, I can't remember the author at the at the moment. Um, uh, Chet, Chet, Chet Holmes. Chet Holmes. Yeah. Right? He actually passed away from cancer, I believe. Um, 
Was yeah. it cancer? I thought it was. I thought it was like a tragic car accident. Oh, I thought it was cancer. It was one of those things. Yeah, I know he was business partners with uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he talked about like you know the, the characteristic, uh, one of the most important traits is pigheaded stubbornness. Yeah, I, I would I would say that. But also too, uh, remember we we mentioned it, uh, traumatic pain. Yeah. Like, like. If, well, elaborate on that because we were talking about that before the podcast. Yeah, but so Joe, Joe Polish had mentioned, like, they asked him, like, what do successful people have in common? And he said traumatic pain. So, like, people that, if you've been through the gutter, you've, you've had a lot of trauma in your life, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it forces you to, like, like I don't want to live this way. I want to level up my life. Um, now, thankfully, I, I, you know, I had a good childhood. I didn't have mm -hmm. a lot of trauma in my life, but I, at certain times in my, in my life, I did feel belittled mm -hmm. or looked over by certain people. And I'm like, you know, that's not like, screw you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show you, you know what I mean? So you, so what you want to do, if you want to be successful, sometimes you got to take that anger and that pain and that hurt that you've, mm -hmm. you've endured in your life and you have to let it fuel you. You know, you have to use that as fuel. Um, there's a person, Annie Yatch. Uh, so we had uh, Larry Yatch on the show, SEAL team leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, his wife uh, helped me pinpoint uh my childhood trauma right really and it wasn't and like my childhood trauma like it's like pittance right compared to like other yeah. traumas that people have gone through yeah uh but their point is that well if you've held on to it <laughs> for 40 something years yeah there's a... it might seem like it's pittance but obviously it affected you right yeah. and so um i think there's a, a, there's a lot of power if you wanted to you know pinpoint that trauma. yeah that'd be great that's... but also too that trauma it, sometimes you need it to drive you well, absolutely you know yeah uh, last question for you is what book have you gifted more than any other? The Alchemist. Yeah. The Alchemist is a really good book. I think it's Will Smith's favorite book. A lot of other people, I think that's a great book. But also, too, The 48 Laws of Power is really insightful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, who, who was just talking about that? There was someone here that just talked about 48 Laws of Power. Yeah. Really insightful book. But yeah. I learned a lot from it. I'm like, oh, book. that's interesting. I, like, you start seeing, like, oh, that he does that and he does that. He, mm -hmm. it, it's pretty, it's a good book. But I'd say The Alchemist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, you, The Greatest uh, Salesman That Ever Lived by Og Mondino is man, really you good, know, too. You're, you're really killing me here. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, those two books, like, are, like, two, two books I just really dislike. Really? You're kidding me. How funny. <laughs> I did a whole video on Alchemist. Why is that? Um, I felt like Alchemist is great if you need motivation. Correct. It's a motivational book. Yeah, correct. But it's not tactical. It's not strategic. Yeah, right. Because, like, I struggled. Uh, I went to uh, Sean Terry's event. Yeah. And like, it was like three days, I believe. Yeah. Or two and a half days. And like the first day, day and a half is like all about mindset. Yeah. And it's like, give me the, give me the good stuff. The goods. Yeah. Well, I think with you, I, I think because you're very driven. Well, that's And what so I've, you want tactics and strategies. Yeah. That's what I've come to learn is that most people actually need that. Yeah. Yeah. But you probably, because I think the, the stuff you've gone through. Yeah. Like you don't need that. You want tactics and strategies. Right. Which, which when I read them, they were great. But now like the books I want to read now is tactics and strategies. Like yeah. I don't care to be motivated, but at that time I, I really enjoyed them. I think they're great books. Yeah. I think for someone that is like, you know, like how do I uh, find more time? Mm -hmm. How do I get more? I think that's a, uh, they're great for motivations, affirmations, right? I mean, the, yeah. the greatest salesman ever, was that what it is? The greatest salesman that ever lived, I that think. That ever lived, yeah. right? I think it's great for affirmations. I think someone that, like, needs to be, uh, gets their mind right Yeah, is a great book. Yeah, but, but I like the guy's no story, too. There's no tactics in there. Yeah, there's no killing. tactics. But, but 
the thing is repetition repetition is a mother of skill mm-hmm. so you hear something over and over and over again it, it starts to stick but you know his story right like Al Magnino, he was homeless for three years i don't know that story yeah so he was homeless for three years in order to stay warm he would go into the library mm-hmm. and he started reading books so he read books there for three years yeah and that's what got him to be not homeless mm-hmm. and then he became like successful and then he wrote that book so See, it's kind probably of, more inspirational than the <laughs> yeah so maybe that's why i like the book so much yeah you know because he was homeless for three years well because he was one of the uh, um, publishers of uh, success magazine yeah right like yeah. he was one of the top publishers or the owners for for some yeah. period of time yeah, yeah. so yeah. i think that's why I, I like that book too yeah and then also too there's a there's a quote i will i will persist until i succeed yeah. and it goes on to say like he's not you know he's not a sheep he's a lion he's going to persist until he succeeds and yeah and that's how you have to live your life if you want to be successful absolutely like i said i mean there's some powerful affirmations in there yeah. it's just when i was listening to it, i thought there was gonna be like tactical oh yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> that that's not the book for you yeah so uh, i'm gonna make uh, a few quick announcements while you think about what you want to leave the listeners with uh guys i think there's a lot of value here right i'm biased right vic's a good friend of mine as you can tell by the way we've talked to one another uh but i see 57 people watching i see 16 likes 16 thumbs up so uh you guys should be you know what's the comment say smash the like button right subscribe uh share comment on it and then uh leave a five-star review on itunes because rj bates is telling people to leave three-star reviews so uh go leave (laughs) five-star reviews thanks yeah i know right great friend um and then we do have um our sales masterclass, if you guys are interested in learning from us and our, our sales process, how we've helped you know hundreds of people buy thousands more houses, go check that out. And we do have Pardon the Disruption tomorrow. Be on the uh, lookout for that. And we got Josh Ziglowski coming in next week. And if you're not familiar with Josh uh, and, and ERC, he helped me get an extra $50,000 uh, for free from the government. So, I mean, if you guys wow. are interested in getting free money from the government, right? It's like the question mark guy, yeah. right? Like, if you're interested in that, like, check that out because it's legitimate. Um, what are some last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Um, I, I think just the key is really to educate yourself and take massive action and not, and not give up. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But, but education is, is key, right? So like we're, we're starting a coaching program, you know, that's why we have collective greatness. Uh, our coaching program is, is REI moguls.com. I've launched that with Mike, Michael Martinez and, and John Ramsden. So that's just, it's going to be like a, like a wholesaling course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have my website, which is vicheredia.com, uh, which has some resources there, on, on some of the tools that we use that we use every day that I think people can can yep. take benefit from. Absolutely. And then if some somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, so my Instagram is vic.heredia. That's H-E-R-E-D-I-A. And then the website is vicheredia.com. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming Appreciate in. It. Thanks for making this show happen. Thank you. See you guys next week. Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disruptors.